Hello, everybody, all my listeners. Thank you for joining a weathered anchor. Uh, today's guest is going to be Amanda, and she is a fitness coach in Washington State, and she works with Beach Body. She also has just a delightful story of hardship um, and how she overcame it, which is what I love about my podcast, sharing people's stories and connecting other people to coaches as well. Um, so I, we met on Instagram. Somehow we linked up on Instagram. Uh, I feel like that's where I do a lot of my business stuff <laughs> and meet really cool people. <laughs> so, uh, here's Amanda. And so, um, I've had the pleasure of kind of hearing her story and she's going to share a little bit of hers as well. I know when we chatted, um, you never really saw yourself in the fitness world and I'll just yeah. let you take away, you know, I know you had a, a, a child that died and, and a hard relationship really young. So let it was you my, my son, father, actually. Or yes, I keep saying that. I don't know why it, yeah, it got stuck in my head. The first time we talked, my apologies. It was not no, a child, but yeah, I mean, it's quite a story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my story kind of starts, um, now it's been 14 years when my son's father was murdered. Um, he was 10 months old when it happened and it just threw me into a dark spiral. I just, I lost it. And if I didn't have my son, I probably honestly, if we're going to be honest and I know these are trigger words, but I probably would have committed suicide. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, I had a plan, but I looked at my baby boy and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, and then I met my husband and I didn't want kids I anymore after my son. And literally, I think it was one or two months of us being together, I got pregnant. And that was difficult for me. But um, my daughter taught me that I could love again. Mm -hmm. And then, okay. So yeah, and then I kept having babies. I have a lot. <laughs> but after my third, I was just like, I can't, I felt gross in my body. I mean, I never really lost the baby weight as people like to call it. And yeah, I saw this woman online and she just, she had a son and she looked great. And I was like, wow, I want that. Mm -hmm. So it started for like vain reasons of just wanting to, to, you know, look good. And then it turned into, I want to help women. I want to help women feel amazing and give them a foundation because it's much more yeah. than just working out. It's mm -hmm. healing your mind. It's healing your body. It's healing your soul. Yeah. Um, at least that's what I do. It's not just about, oh, let's put on some muscle and lose the weight. For me, it's yeah. a whole, a whole. It's connected. It's yes. definitely connected. It's mind, body, soul. And people get, I think we forget that part because we think, oh, I don't feel good about myself. So I can go make myself physically look better, but they don't do the internal work. And you yeah. still don't feel good enough. You still don't feel pretty mm -hmm. enough. And you haven't really healed like the heart and the wounds. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, yeah, exactly. I mean, like the physical stuff can give you some confidence and I'm not going to say that it won't, but yeah. unless you're willing to heal your heart and your mind and your soul, mm -hmm. that confidence is going to diminish. Yeah. And but same with self-love, self-compassion, because it's really hard to work on your body if you're like, talking shit to yourself in the mm -hmm. middle of your workout mm -hmm. you know I instead of on me, here's my muscle group I'm working on for example here's my arms and I'm visualizing this you're beating yourself up saying god knows what in your head negative I have I do two things when I do that I look in the mirror and I try to talk shit myself I think you do that too yep and it doesn't work very well 
And then I list off things that I love about myself. And it's not all physical things. It's like, yeah. you know, I love your heart. I mm-hmm. love, I love, um, oh, well, of course I can't think of anything, but <laughs> you so know, many. it's I, so hard. <laughs> I love that you're generous and you're creative, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. things of that nature, not just, oh, you've got a nice butt, you know? <laughs> right, right. Because I think honestly, even if we look great physically, what really truly keeps people centered is when, when they're more okay than not with who they are as a person, mm-hmm. because you can be, I mean, we see it all the time. I mean, look at models, look at people that are physically fit, but they're also secretly anorexic. That's mm-hmm. not somebody who's loving on themselves quite yet. You know, they're, they're struggling through it. I want to come back a little bit to your story though, because you're the father of your child, like had some addiction issues and you, you, you told me about kind of the night that it happened and the guilt that you carry. Are you okay to share that? Sure. Um, he, at the time we're actually, we weren't together anymore, um, Mm -hmm. because he was choosing to, um, live, live in that lifestyle of of addiction. And it wasn't something that I wanted to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, but the night that he passed, I had been drinking and I've always had the rule of you have one drink, you do not drive. And I generally only drink at my home or at, you know, somebody's home that I'm either going to stay with or something. I don't, I'm not a big drinker out in public. It's just, I don't know why it's been my philosophy. Um, but he had called and was like, Hey, can, you know, I hang out with you and Nico. And I said, no, because I had been drinking. Mm -hmm. And then I started getting phone calls at two in the morning and like, just go, my phone was going off and I didn't answer him because it's two in the morning. So I finally turned my phone off and then six 30 in the morning rolls around and I have voicemails and it was you know, that he had passed and I didn't believe it at first. So I was like, so I called, you know, the, the police station and everything. And they're like, well, who are you? And I was like, well, I'm his son's mom. And they're like, yes. Yeah. And I was destroyed. Yeah. And then you carried a lot of guilt. I remember you were kind of telling me, like, you really felt like, oh, I shouldn't have been drinking that night. I shouldn't have had a drink because maybe I could have saved him. And I think yeah. that that's a powerful conversation to have because there's a lot of what if shoulda coulda was when people have harm come to them or when somebody does commit suicide I don't know if that's really the word we use anymore but um people are burdened with guilt and especially like in this type of a situation where you're like oh could it have been different if I was able to show up and then me as an outsider says you could have been harmed that night you know so there's kind of two sides to that and then that kind of because at that point were you were you with your current husband we were in like the dating it was kind of like for fun wasn't Mm -hmm. serious it was just kind of hey yeah Mm -hmm. you're fun let's you know hang out Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and so that kind of played out in your relationship for a really long time Oh yeah. Me and my husband have had tons of up and downs. And if we're honest, you know, there's been lots of times where I wanted to walk away because I didn't know if he was the one, because, you know, it's like, am I here because he was my, you know, my rock during this time, or am I here because I truly love him and want to be with him. And, you know, through my healing process, it was up, like I said, up and down. And 
I finally figured out that he's my person mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for him. Like I, I was telling you, I'm really grateful for him. He, yeah. I mean, he then went to the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the candle lighting ceremony with yeah. me. Is that what they call them? Mm-hmm. Um, he went with me, went to that. He didn't go to the funeral, um, but he went with me to that and, you know, like held my son while I'm sitting there, you know, crying. I and mean, he literally watched me break down and never left. I don't know how he did that. Right. He sounds like but a pretty amazing guy. He and then held your family together for a long time. Cause you had, you had kiddos with him what, every, every three years. I think I remember. Yeah. Just about. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think grief is hard. You know, people, people just, they're, I don't know. Like I get asked that a lot. I don't know if, you know, people that know your story ask you about grief or if it comes up in your coaching world, but grief never fully heals. It never goes away. It shows up in really random times. You know, I, I think the, the first year, especially when somebody's gone, like when my niece passed away, that was super hard for me that first year of everything. Oh, she passed away three weeks ago. She should be turning, you know, her birthdays today. Oh, it's the first Halloween. It's the first, it's so tough. And then there's days where it just hits out of nowhere and you just lose it. Yeah. I don't think it ever fully heals. I think it changes over time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not as raw but the pain is still there. Mm-hmm. And for me, really, like you said, the first show up, like he only saw my son crawl. He never saw him walk. He yeah. never saw him say his first words. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't, he didn't get to go to kindergarten with him. He didn't, I mean, my son just recently went to his first homecoming. He didn't get to go take him to get his suit. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's when it comes up for me. It's like when those firsts come up or, when you know I mean not that my husband isn't there for him he's an amazing father to Nico yeah Um, but Nico wants it from his dad sometimes you know he wants his dad and he doesn't that right And and then through your grieving and through all of this through a new relationship and babies and such you didn't have a great relationship with your mom either so you don't really have you didn't have that that mom figure kind of to help you out and that, my mom, that play into it. My mom, when I went, <laughs> my mom is very black and white. Mm-hmm. When, um, when, when Sean passed her literal words were to me, well, you got to get over it. And I know she meant that looking back, I know she meant it as you have a child, you have to, you have to like get a hold of yourself, but she didn't present it well. And that, you know, we still talk but I, but I still have a wound from that. Yeah. And it's not something that I've ever been able to talk to her about. And maybe someday I will be able to. Yeah. Um, But the fact that she couldn't just put her, I don't even want to call it momming because that's not something that I would tell my child, but you know, her black and whiteness aside for five minutes and say, I got you. Yeah. It, it stung a lot. Right. And I think that is a really hard spot because I know, and and we can talk about this now or later, wherever it fits in, but I remember when I went through some hard times and then somebody said, it's okay to be where you're at. It's just not okay to stay there. 
but that's such a different vibe than just get over it and move on. Like if anybody's listening has ever been told that that's gonna You're going to feel that right when you said that, you know, and, and remember how that feels. And I think so many people just don't, don't haven't handled their own pain. And so they often don't know how to sit with anyone else's pain. And unfortunately, where you think there may be some connection of like, oh, you've suffered grief. So have I, sometimes that's where the more brutal wound comes from the side is somebody that just has their own unhealed grief and they don't know how to sit with yours. That's, you know, that's why a lot of people struggle with empathy because it's hard to be empathetic when you haven't, when you can't even sit with your own pain and your own shit. I mean, whether it's good or bad. And, um, you talked about that, about how you you do need people that can hold you accountable for healing. And that's oh, yeah. not always easy to receive when you're the person that's going through it. But for, for somebody to keep it real with you and say, I love you, this isn't okay. And you need help. Those are the people we want in our lives. Mm-hmm. Who was that for you? Um, honestly, I think it came down to me and, ha- and when I got pregnant with my daughter, I was, I didn't realize how much I was spiraling at the time, Mm -hmm. but knowing that I was pregnant again, yeah, I had to get help. And I immediately got into um, trauma therapy Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, like, I learned that I had PTSD and, you know, I mean, there was a lot of things from my childhood that was contributing to it. Mm -hmm. No, it was just, I was a hot mess, but you isolated for, what did you say? Like 10 years? you, you went like pretty isolated. I remember you saying, I, I, yeah, I, I closed off everybody. I mean, um, I, I worked at night so I didn't have to go anywhere during the day. Cause there was just too many people. I would literally have to like convince myself it was okay to go out of my house. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And I just, I cut off everybody because it was easier to be by myself than it was for somebody to go. So how are you? Are you doing okay? Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't want questions. I didn't want people to, to, you know, I didn't want that wound to be opened. I needed to close right. it. It wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I find it interesting, you know, especially cause had you ever gone to counseling before that ever at other uh, in your life to work on childhood stuff? I, I, I had started, I want to say it was like 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a couple sessions and I don't think I had the right therapist because it was just really uncomfortable. That's something yeah. that as for anybody that's thinking about going to counseling, if it doesn't hit, they don't mesh with you, find somebody else. It doesn't mean stop yeah. going to, th- it just means find somebody else. Yeah. And even on top of that, do some front work, figure it out. You know, I'm a big advocate of that. I, I personally, for my coaching business, I offer meet and greets because I want to make sure that that person gets a vibe before they just like, Hey, let me give you my money. Um, but also it's the same thing. Like I feel the same way about, you know, my naturopathic doctors. Like I want to talk to you. I want to meet you. Um, dentists, like I care about the character of the human that I'm going to be letting have any part of my life at this point. Um, I think it matters for the, the sake of my care. You know, there, how many, how many fitness coaches are out there? How many personal trainers exist? How many diet programs or any of these things that you could put, but who, who's in charge of that? Who are you working with and do their values align with you and does it mesh? And so, especially with counseling, 
because I, I'm, I'm a big advocate of counseling. I think everybody needs counseling. Um, yeah. Even if you're not going through something really big and massive and catastrophic, sometimes it's just nice to have somebody that does not know you from anywhere else in life to be able to just pour into and just uh-huh. be like, help me figure me out. They're not going to yeah. fix you. They're not going to tell you, but they're going to guide you. You have to do the work, but a hundred percent, if you don't fit with that person, get out, find somebody else. It matters tremendously. This is your whole well being, And believe it or not, sadly, there are counselors that can cause damage. I mean, yeah. it's just a fact it's been seen. It's been, it's, it's not, it's not a secret, but anyway, um, I found when I was going through counseling that for a specific problem that a lot of my childhood stuff came up, which I didn't even realize were issues in my life until the trauma that I went in for was so strange. Like, it's not like anyone gets out of childhood for free. You know, our parents are going to mess us up. You're probably going to mess your parent, your kids up somehow. Like it's inevitable. It's the gift of parenting, I guess. Um, But but it's kind of strange. Like you don't really, like for me, it connected a lot of dots. I was like, Oh, I'm kind of picking crappy men because I didn't realize I had this kind of wound from my childhood. Oh, my emotional needs weren't met the way that, that they could have been if there wasn't a house full of 11 kids. So for me, it wasn't even like a shaming thing. It was like, Oh, that connected some dots. It was just clarifying. Well, yeah. And you have to kind of learn how to, for a lack of a better way of putting it, parent yourself. You yeah, have to learn to, you. you know, be your own best friend and, you know, love yourself in the ways that your parents couldn't. Cause like you said, your parents can't do it all for you. Like we're imperfect no. people. We can't perfectly love yeah. our children as they need to be. And, you know, I mean, and you can never fully know what a kid needs every, and, and you, you have five, four kids, they all need something different. And how are you hundred percent going to ever know that as a parent? You can't, but also me going to therapy as a, an adult also put a different lens in my face for how I viewed my parents and what they did or didn't do right. Because as a kid, we really look at our parents like you're supposed to do these things. We have a lot of should mentality and that's a swear word in my world most of the time. Don't should anything. However, as an adult, it was like, oh, my parents, my mom was broken and has her own trauma from her childhood. And then her parents have theirs and there's generational trauma and there's shitty um, parenting ideals that are passed along. And so for me, it was kind of looking at them as like healing a mother wound that I didn't know existed, but it did. Um, And just when I looked at her as a human, as a woman that wants to still be beautiful and valid and important and all of these things, it was a completely different mentality. Oh yeah. And it was very healing in just being able to go, yeah, my mom's a flawed person. My dad's a flawed person. I'm a flawed person. But as a kid, you don't have that grace. It doesn't come till later. And I often tell people, I'm like, look, sometimes you need apologies and you need people to own up to their things that have happened to you. And sometimes you just need to understand how something affected you. And maybe you need a little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, I look at, for example, like with my mom, um, I kind of have the, I guess I have a unconventional way of looking at things is with some things I don't have to forgive her what she, for what she did, yeah. but I can't let the person she is now. Right. And, and I can enjoy and love that person 
mm-hmm. but still have speak that on that will you will you talk on that a little bit more because i feel like people what forgiveness means to people is super personal um it, it, to me it never means you're going to forget and so i i i like this topic because some people may have that same unconventional but no most people aren't willing to talk about it will you will you expand on what that means to you why you kind of came to that um I don't remember where I heard it, but it clicked for me because um, I just, I was, I really struggled with this idea of forgiving my mom for, for saying that it was just like, yeah, how can I forgive her for giving me what, in my opinion at the time was the crappiest advice you could give somebody. Like Mm -hmm. I was spiraling out of control and you're telling me to get over it. Yeah. That's going to work. Bravo. You know, and, um, you know, needing something different from her at that time that she couldn't give me. And it's probably because of her upbringing, like you've talked about, you know, mm-hmm. she had her own struggles growing up. Um, and I don't think she, she wasn't taught how to love. She was taught how to survive. Sure. Um, so, you know, now I understand that. I understand that her way of loving is to black, black and white, help you survive, get through this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am not that person. I am like the most snuggly, cuddly person, mm-hmm. emotional. I am just, I'm, that's what I am. I'm very emotional. I cry over everything. Like if I'm happy, sad, mad, whatever. I'm <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so I don't have to forgive her for her actions, but I can look at who she is now. Mm-hmm. And she is a wonderful grandmother. She is the most amazing grandma ever. Mm-hmm. And I love her for that. And I can accept her for that, but yeah. it doesn't mean I have to accept what she did, right. what I feel she did to me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I don't know if that's like forgiveness with and forgetting or not forgetting, but it's just my ideas. Like, I don't but have to. I think it does, it's real. And it, yeah. And it doesn't make me a bad person no. or, or less than because I can't forgive somebody for something, but it doesn't mean I carry it either. But that, that's what I was going to say. I, that's the beauty of the balance that you have with that. Like, this was what happened. This is how I feel about it. And where you don't let it ruin your life or your relationship or anything else is you're still, you still hold space for the growth and, and who she is today. Because I think we all want that grace given to us. I might've done something shitty five years ago to somebody, but it doesn't mean that define me. And it doesn't mean that that's who I am today to that person. Or and to on, anybody else. Yeah. And on top of that, I let it be a teaching moment. I let it teach me about the mother I want to be mm-hmm. and the person I want to be. Yeah. So like, you know, as brutal as it, it was and it felt, it showed me how I wanted to, how I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, um, I want to have more em- empathy for people. I want to hold more space for people's feelings. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I always try to look at things as how can it, you know, how can it teach me? How can it benefit me? And how can I apply it to my life? Yeah. Shitty things are going to happen to you no matter what. Like you said, nobody comes, gets out of life unscathed, Mm -mm. but you get the choice of how it's going to affect you. Right. Right. And, and that's, uh, so for you that started, I mean, you did the work. And then you kind of had this whole situation where you, where you moved into, 
to beach body and fitness coach. And you, you I love your videos because you're always like, hello, beautiful people. And then you're like, have a fucking great day. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's so like graceful and fantastic and just a little sassy. Those are my kind of people. <laughs> I, I swear, like I have a mouth of a trucker. I really do. So it's so like I. something that you want to hide because if I act like I don't, <laughs> you know, yeah. if I put on this, you know, facade. Yeah, it still it creeps out. out dainty little person and then we get talking and I'm dropping the f-bombs yeah like, yeah so I, I just I, I'm the type of person that's like this is me you yeah. can like it or you don't have to and if you don't we don't have to be friends and that's okay right and and I want to add in there you're the caveat of you're not a, a harmful person with that mentality because some people are like crappy people and they're like like it or you know leave it and it's like nah, you might have some work to do but but I agree like authentically this is how I show up I'm gonna swear I'm gonna cry a lot I'm gonna you know be blunt and in your face and I'm gonna hold space and be compassionate and all of these things but this is me but it's not you're not this is me and I'm gonna harm people and I don't care what you say because I think that needs to be stated sadly because there's a lot of people that are like that mentality but it's really with kind of a yucky men mental state or emotional state and they're crapping on people yeah you got some work to do no my 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 I want to leave people feeling better than when they got to me yes but at the same time I'm not going to pretend I'm something that I'm not right and and if you come into my world you're just going to have to know the f-bombs getting dropped okay if that's not for you respectfully that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I try not to swear like a ton. Cause I have to, you know, I always find like this balance. Like I have, you know, church folk from the way that I was raised family that they don't appreciate it. So it's like, especially around like my nieces and nephews, I can turn that off pretty quick. Just, just used to it my whole life. But if I'm around peers and my people, I'm going to swear. I wish I could turn it off. I, <laughs> it does yeah. not turn yeah, that's um, for me around the kiddos. Kids, to be perfectly honest, but I also teach them there's a time and a place for it. Words yeah. matter, and how you're saying it. I don't swear at them; it's just a part of my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I explain that to them as well. It's like I'm not going to sit here and start calling you names, you know, from A to Z. It, it's, it's just kind of no. how speak. I don't know. It's like when I was 12 years old and in the back of the bus and we finally learned what the F word was, it became cool. And I, huh? <laughs> there we go. And you know? never looked back. <laughs> it was just like, yes, I'm a rebel. You know, I read, I read an article in my early twenties and I so wish I could find this as a reference point, but it was talking about how swearing is actually like it released endorphins like that help you relieve stress. And so, and it's funny because, you know, so, so I was raised LDS Mormon for people that don't know what LDS is. Um, and so, you know, some of my family practices, some of us don't. Um, but anyway, I remember one time I got a, a text message from my sister who tries to not swear and, you know, is a great person, whatever. Uh, not to put her on a pedestal, but she just really is like one of those people that tries to not swear. And I get this message from her one day. She's like, why does it feel so good to just say fuck? <laughs> I was like, well, if you really want to know, <laughs> but it basically was saying like, essentially this article said, get up in the morning. And when you get out of bed, stretch and yell a swear word. And it just kind of releases right from the morning. I mean, some people <laughs> say what you want about it. I just was like, oh, it's validation. 
it's okay to swear. I swear I am so still to this day determined to find that article. Um, but in, anyway, um, so yeah, you're going to get with Amanda, you know, when, if you go follow her on her, uh, you know, Instagram page, you're going to get swearing. So please know, but talk to us, talk to us about how you got into Beachbody and how you've been able to build that into career and also incorporate part of your own healing through that and helping other women heal. Um, like I said, after my third baby, I just, I wanted to look good again. And, um, I, it didn't become a business until after my fourth. Um, but essentially it was just, um, God, I'm losing my train of thought now. Um, <laughs> um podcast it, curse, I swear. Um, you know, with this, it's really a community. It's not, you're not just going to get me, you're going to get a community of people and I've, you know, that are supporting you and keeping you accountable at that. It's not just, oh, do your workout. Oh, just do this. Like it's, it's a yeah. community. I, I personally work with mainly women. I'm not against having a man in my, yeah. in my team. Um, but I generally appeal to women. Same. Uh, but, you know, it became about community and sharing our experiences and, you know, just sharing our lives and becoming better people because of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not just about, like I said, the fitness and not just about the nutrition. It's about, you know, what books are you reading? Mm -hmm. Because I, we're very big on personal development and, mm -hmm. you know, continuing to expand and evolve yourself and grow. Because yeah. um, uh, without growth, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yes. kind of a boring life. Yeah. You know, and it's just, I want to be able to share that with people and, you know, help them along the way, because, you know, I mean, if, if we're being honest, we live in a country that, that, um, this is going to come off really bad, but we, we praise obesity and things of that, of that nature. And it's not good for us. Mm -hmm. It's, it's bad. It mm -hmm. causes health problems and, you know, it, and it, not just like, you know, heart attacks and things like that. It's, it also, it, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? It, it also help you know, it doesn't help with depression. It can cause depression and things sure. of that nature. But can, can we, can we stop and talk about that for a second? Because I'm a plus size girl and I, I agree that trying to like I'm not a fan of fat shaming. I'm not a fan of slut shaming, thin shaming, and not saying that you do that, but there's a lot of people that are real strong opinions on these types of things. I think I get frustrated that people assume that skinny equals healthy and fat means unhealthy. And this mm -hmm. is the conversation because we all know if you stay overweight and continue to stay overweight, you are going to develop health problems. I don't think there's anything wrong with that statement. I don't think there's anything wrong with plus size women loving their bodies. Everybody that I will, I wish everybody would love their body, but the concept of thin privilege, assuming that just because somebody's thin, that they're healthy because I don't have medical problems. And I, and I share this a lot. I, I have high cortisol from trauma and stress working in an industry that about took it out of me that I'm trying to combat. I have high estrogen and I have high cortisol, which does not help with losing weight. And Absolutely. in fact, when you have the ridiculous amount of cortisol levels that I have been dealing with, I'm restricted from working out because working out can then spike it even more and potentially kill me. So I think the conversation that people need to 
I, I would hope people are more comfortable having as life continues, whether you're in the business or not, or just a human that thinks fat people are gross and foul and blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's a lot of this. If you join TikTok girl, you just wait, but, <laughs> but to assume that somebody is healthy, because I'll tell you what, medically, I guarantee I'm probably healthier than the anorexic Victoria's secret model. Oh, absolutely. But then, but then people look at that and assume that that's healthy because it's thin. I have a friend who had a heart attack at 22 years old, um, eating, you know, eating disorders galore growing up. Um, I mean, a a myriad of medical, but if you stood, if you put us on a TikTok video and said, who's healthier, it's not going to be me that's picked. So that's where I feel like you know, the black and white thinking, kind of like you said, your mom is people think black and white when it comes to terms to health or physicality. Mm-hmm. Cause I know a lot of, uh, bigger people, men and women that are actually more physically fit than a lot of thin people. And there's thin fat, you know, you've heard that. Oh before. yeah. I used there's to be that thin fat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it, so it's interesting. And so I'm not offended when you say, what you, what you say about like, you know, obese and glorifying it, because I agree that that can become a problem. And I think we glorify both ends of it. We yes, glorify, yeah. and glorify mm-hmm. uh, obesity. Uh, what we need to glorify is healthy and fitness and, and, and fitness because yeah. you can, you can be a larger person mm-hmm. and be physically fit. Yes. You can be strong as fuck. Yeah. And, and it's not own. about weight. Like that's, that's oh. part of the problem with the narrative is weight. And like, yeah. BMI I was invented know. by a white male for white males. And this is the chart, you know, according to BMI, I should weigh 125 to 150. There's no way in hell at right. 180. I looked amazing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know big bone was a thing until I went to a nutritionist and she's like, Oh, you have big bones. And I said, what did you just say? I thought that was a polite way yeah. to call somebody. You can carry- I really <laughs> didn't know that people have different bone structures and that matters. And so she told me, she was like, your ideal weight. She actually said to me, she said, if you ever went to Weight Watchers, they would tell you, you have to be 125 to 150. I said, I would look disgusting at 150. Like I would look like I needed help and interventions. That is just not even right for me. My my ideal weight and my ideal physical, if we're going to go with a weight and the way that I look, which is far more important to me is like how I feel and look in my clothing, um, than a weight is, is like one ninety two hundred. Yeah. I'm five, five, but I look good, but I have always been thicker and, you know, a lot of muscle mass and different things. So yeah. I think people need to be, I think more well-rounded in the conversation. Yeah. Don't be offended by what Amanda said because she's right. But it all she's also not saying skinny is it. Oh hell no. Heck <laughs> yeah. no. It's yeah. and I really encourage people if they can, because I know this is not available to everybody, but to go to your doctor and get a blood test and everything yeah. to yep. see what hormone levels are and your where you're deficient in minerals and different things like that, because that all plays a role in your health. It's not just working out. It's not just a nutrition program. It's not just that it's about your, um, what your healthy looks like. Like you said, you have higher estrogen, higher estrogen may, means you're going to pack on more weight for a lack of a better oh, way to you harder for you to lose yeah. weight. Also created a bunch of fibroids in my body, which yeah. also then I had to have fibroid removals and cysts. So I don't have endometriosis. 
And then you have cortisol and cortisol will take fat from other areas of your body and put it in your stomach. And that's where I carry it. And that's where every girl doesn't want to carry it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So yeah, there there's, there's things. And then, and I, I get blood panels done every year and I'm a huge advocate, go in and get your blood panels done. And, and not just do I have, you know, diabetes and high cholesterol, like get a panel, 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 get your, you know, people keep people kind of poop on naturopathic I mean, oh. people love them or hate them. That's a very like, not really gray, you either buy into it or you don't. <laughs> My personal choice is a naturopath because I believe Eastern medicine is preventative and they will find the root of a cause and Western medicine. I'm thankful if you're saving my life, but I don't want your pill mm-hmm. with it. I don't want your pill and I don't want you to treat a symptom. And that's what our, our country does. In my opinion, is we treat symptoms. Yes. We don't, we don't fix problems now. On the flip side of that, for five seconds, a lot of people want the pill and don't want to fix their lives. So I understand both sides of that with American Medical Association, but holistic wise is more like the root cause. And so I do like a Dutch test every year and it's a P test. It's a 24 hour P test. And people are like, Ooh, naturopaths just do that for money. I don't pay my naturopath for that test. I pay the company that runs it. I don't even get the, you know what I mean? So that's a different episode, but yes, it is important because I didn't realize different nutrients I was missing. You know how, you know how the, con- you've been out there with like dairy's inflammatory. We all have heard this. I think at some point I cut dairy out at one point and I did this test and she's like, how much dairy do you eat? And I was like, not a lot. She's like, you literally have zero lactobacillus in your gut. Like we couldn't get it to grow and you need that bacteria in your gut. And I was like, so what's the answer? And she's like, you need to eat whole fat dairy. Like if you're going to drink milk, drink some whole fat milk, get some whole fat yogurt. And I was like, man, I can't keep up with it all. You know, don't eat it. It's inflammatory. Then do this. And then, well, yeah, they throw out so so many diets. There's, you know, keto, there's non-dairy, there's, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, Mediterranean, South Weight Watchers. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. And that's why I encourage people to, you know, do the blood tests and urine tests yeah. if they can. I know it's not, yeah. not available to everybody, but if you can, you should, because yeah. it's going to help you assess what your body needs. Because if your goal is health, these are, mm-hmm. these are tests you need. If your, yeah. if your goal is thin, you probably don't care how you'll get there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're right you know i mean a lot of like you said the the skinny fat or the or people yeah. that that the anorexia you know their goal is to be skinny it's not to be healthy mm-hmm. and that's a problem in our society too Big time. and you know i mean yeah. it's just our society breeds unhealthy yes in every way all- i mean the fda don't get me going on all yeah. that yes <laughs> the food the food alone that is legal in our country that is illegal in so many other countries mm-hmm. all the food dyes i mean red red food dye 40s linked to like add you know uh, all these different things and how how much food coloring and food dyes are in the foods that we all eat let alone children mm-hmm. yeah so our our government and our country does not give a crap about health because no. that's, if they cared they're really not make money they're not going to make money on healthy people no, absolutely no, not. It's not it, encouraged. So absolutely. it's okay to uh, question things, folks, if you're listening. Question away. Encourage people to question me too. I am not a doctor. Sure. Nor do I want to be a doctor. No. Um, 
but you know, don't take my word for everything. Do your research, mm-hmm. work with the doctor, work with the naturopath, work with yeah. everybody you can. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I'm not your, your encyclopedia. Yes. I'm here to help you. And yes, I want to get you started on an, on a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. The end all. And mm-hmm. I won't pretend I am. Right. And it's okay to question your doctor. If something doesn't oh. feel like it sits right with you, it's okay to ask questions. Same with a therapist. If your doctor's not yeah. feeling you get a new one, there's plenty out there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So talk, you have a few different programs. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I love that you, I love that you do the self-health part self-help. Let me talk. Right. Um, because it's super important. I know the first time I ever worked out with a trainer, it was bizarre to me. I used to watch the biggest loser and wonder, I was like, why the hell are (laughs) people crying? I couldn't figure it out. I was like, what are they crying about? Like, I just didn't understand it. I didn't understand the emotional component that gets brought to your face, to your heart, to your mind when you're trying to work out. Oh yeah. I, I can't count how many times I've cried during a workout and just, it brings up all kinds of, you know, emotions and trauma to be perfectly honest. You'll be sitting there. Oh my God, my dog Lassie died. You know, it's just like lots of things come up when you're physically hurting yourself and it's a good thing. And, and trauma is stored in our bodies. And so that was the piece that I didn't understand back then that I do now that I'm studying mental health and working in it was like, I understood because there is something about that physical component where you're fighting yourself. If you didn't used to be heavy and now you're heavy for whatever those reasons are, now you're just pissed at yourself because you're like, this isn't even who I am. But then you don't always know like what is coming up emotionally. And I don't know about you, but have you ever had people try to quit because, because of the emotional side of it and it's just too much for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I hear that a lot from personal trainers and, and fitness coaches that I know. And then they're like, it's super hard to try to explain what's going on because again, you can't be everything to everyone, mm-hmm. but it is a lot of, I, I guess, simply I'll just leave it with trauma stored in our bodies until we've done the work. And then even if you've done the work, it can still be there and get triggered again. We don't know how or what, but it shows up a lot in the physical. I cried so much. And I, I told, I said, the first time I think my trainer was like, are you, are you okay? Like, are you hurt? And I was like, I'm just really emotional. Just leave me alone and keep pushing me. And that's all I said. I was like, I'm going to cry through the rest of this workout. I don't even know what's going on, but let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. This isn't you. This is all me. I'm good. Yeah. It's amazing though. It actually kind of, it, I, I understand why a lot of people go to the gym and like to work out and things because sometimes you can't bring it to the surface and that will. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes you just don't, you don't want to go there. Like yeah. uh, you're just, you're not ready, but, but you're able to release it physically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've How actually, cool I've actually suggested that to some people before. Cause they're like, I want to cry, you know, with, with the side that I'm on the not fitness side. Um, they're like, I want to cry and I can't. And I'm like, do you have a cry movie? <laughs> Is there right. a movie you know you can put on that nope. can cry? And, and sometimes they'll be like yes or no if they can't I'm like kick your ass and go to a gym and start doing weights I said if you don't have a gym membership if you can't afford it I want you to try and do 40 burpees and see how long how many you get in before you start crying because burpees mm-hmm. are a bitch I hate them I think they're evil but that's like <laughs> full body you. that's full body and it's going to trigger it and it's surprising how many people are like, that's wild. 
I'm like, if you need to cry, work out or watch a cry movie. Like those are my two things. I don't know. It just, it, it brings it up. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's, it's, yeah. I, I can't, I, I, I love workouts that bring me to my knees. I, 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 I strive at this point to, to cry. I'm like, yes, if I got to <sighs> cry, this was the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay. I mean, that's different, <laughs> but I love it. I love it well, because you know what? It's a story. It's part of your testimony. Even though that I'm like a, you know, a cry baby, mm-hmm. I, st- I still don't like dealing with some of my shit. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. Not my favorite in the whole wide world. Yeah. No. So, you know, being able to do it in a healthy way and in a way that, you know, not it, like you said, is physical mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of helps you get it out of your body. Yeah. Why not? Right. You know, I still have a therapist to this day, but I, I don't talk about everything every single time mm-hmm. when I get a good workout in, I feel better. Yeah. And some, do you find that sometimes you can just kind of resolve it? Um, or like have clarity. Well, sometimes, maybe Sometimes I kind of have like these epiphanies as I'm working out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's I, my favorite. I, I yeah. Mean, I think for me, that's a big thing. It's like, just the understanding. Cause, cause a lot of, like, I remember earlier this year, my therapist, I went back into it cause it, I got highly just funky triggered again. So I did like, I went back like six, seven months and now I just do like every other month to just keep things in check. But she was telling me something and I can't remember specifically how she worded it. And I was like, no, I was like, I don't think that's it. That doesn't really resonate. And she was like, I just feel like you don't want to embrace this. And I was like, well, I'm pretty self-aware. I'm pretty brutally honest with you. And with me, I was like, I just, I can't see it. And I said, so if you're seeing something that you think that I'm not willing to embrace it, I was like, then I'm telling you to push me because that's what I'm here for. You know, I was like, push me. And she's like, okay. And so we ended up going like six weeks in between on this, uh, in between sessions at that point. And it was wild because I, I will be like a dog to a bone and just like, what is she talking about? What's going on and what is happening? What is coming up? And then I remember between those two sessions, I had these notes and I had these four big ahas. And then when we came back, I was like, okay, here's what I figured out since the last time I talked to you, I'll tell you. And then we can go from there. And she's like, that's exactly what I was saying to you. And I said, oh, okay, well, I guess, I guess I wasn't ready to hear it yet. Was I? <laughs> so it's kind of funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like oh, yeah. the epiphany moments. I think, and, and people listening, that's more, far more valuable than account. Like a counselor is going to help you, but they can't fix you. They can't give you advice. They're not going to tell you what it is. And if you have a counselor that says, well, this is your problem. You're probably not with a great counselor because we shouldn't be telling you anything. We're here to help guide you, help lead you down that course and help figure that out. But yeah. Physicality can do the same thing. That's why I love, I love it. I'm like, okay, go do 40 burpees and see if you don't cry. <laughs> I hate them personally, but they're hard. They're one of my least favorite things. That and jump back. I'm not a I big won't fan even do a burpee in public. <laughs> like nobody wants to see all that. No. And you know, that's one thing I love about beach bodies. Yes. I get to home. I don't have to yeah. have you know, anybody looking at me doing it yeah. at all. And but I think- I still- I have the availability of a trainer. I mean, what I should do. And I love your video. She's, in her, she's rocking it in her living room. Yeah. 
But I do think that's a valuable selling point because there's a lot of women, especially if they have body insecurity, that would be like, I could probably work out way harder at home, not caring if my fat's jiggling or my boobs are shaking or how gross I look right now. And I don't have to worry about people staring at me being insecure or because even whether somebody makes eye contact with you in the gym or not, if that is a struggle, if your physicality is a struggle, that's not always an inviting environment. Mm-hmm. And, and on top not. of that, some gyms, not all gyms, but some of them put like curtains down and yeah. that subconsciously tells you that there's something wrong with me. Right. The person okay. behind here doesn't love yeah. them. Yeah. 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 That's like that's, that's icky too. Like the, yeah. the point isn't to feel icky. The point of this is to feel good and feel yeah. good in your body mm-hmm. and great that in, in what you're doing for yourself and how yeah. you're pushing and helping yeah. yourself grow that that's what this is about not about shaming you at all no 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 and I can't I can't even imagine uh, the only thing I've ever seen at gyms is like I do I do like it when there's like a, a women's workout area and you know mm-hmm. what I'm not intimidated to sit out there at all I don't care if you like what you're seeing or not I'm not here for you and I've never really cared about that part that's not that's not anything that's affected me, thankfully. Uh, um, lots of other things, but I don't care if people judge my body. That's a you problem. Um, right. But but I can't stand sitting out there with like the meatheads that like just sit on the instruments or, or sit on the like, you know, the weight bench. Could you move? Like, I'd like to do the leg press now. And they're just sitting there on their phones or that's the part that drives me crazy. And I'm just like, Ugh. That's so sometimes I appreciate the gyms that have the women workout only because <laughs> I used to go out and I would take all the weights and everything that I wanted and I would go into the women's center and then just handle it. But some of the bigger equipment you can't quite pick up and move. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, let's get into your beach body programs. You have a few, you have different ways people can kind of um, move into it. So what are the different program offers you have? Oh my goodness. There are so many programs there's uh, on the uh beach body on demand there's over 4000 workouts they also have an interactive uh platform that's called body where you essentially you sign up for a workout and it's in well it's as in person as you can get it's live um okay. you can or you don't have to be on screen mm-hmm. um but those you kind of sign up for cuz it's at a specific time um but there are tons of programs to choose from. There's programs that are 20 minutes a day. There's programs that are an hour a day. It's whatever you want. And then it's supplemented with different things. You can choose from like our superfood shakes that have over 70 good ingredients in it. Like it has antioxidants. And um, of course I can't remember anything off the top of my head. And we're we're not even going to go there because- No, definitely reach out for more info. We'll get to that. Yes. Come for more info because I, you know, I get put on the spot and I'm like, duh, 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 duh. <laughs> uh, but there's pre and post-workouts, there's collagen, there's, there's protein bars, there's, you know, anything and everything you could think of. But the, the main thing is when we get to talking, I'm going to find out what, what you want, mm-hmm. what you need. And then we'll talk about the programs because there, like I said, there's over 4,000 workouts out on there. Yeah. Um, there's even meditation programs out there, mm-hmm. you know, meditation. So it's not, and there's, you know, anything from, I personally love the weightlifting, but mm-hmm. there's the, and bar and, um, more like hit style yeah. things. Yeah. There's even, uh, 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 mixed martial arts, uh, programs. There's all kinds. It's like, whatever you want, we probably got it. Yeah. Um, 
some, there's programs that need no equipment. There's some programs that do need equipment. Um, mm -hmm. We sell some equipment too. Like we have resistance bands and mm -hmm. um, our newest program has a uh, two pound ankle weights. So like, okay. you know, um, we don't, <clears throat> so there's lots of things. There's also, we actually have a, a bike for those people that like to bike mm -hmm. uh, and you can get the bike alone or you can get um, it with a, um, it comes with weights. Like you can get a, okay. I think five, 10 and 15 pound weights. If I'm remembering correctly, don't quote me on that. We can yeah. talk about it later. Right, right. Uh, you can get, and it comes with a, a, a meter. So, it, you know, it has your heart rate and it'll tell you when you're in your fat burning zone and this, that, and another, like mm -hmm. we have so many different things that appeal to so many different people. And that's what I love. It's not just yeah. a one size fits all. It's yeah, what you want and what you need. Mm -hmm. And then how, so, so if I came to you and said, Hey, Amanda, I'm interested in this. Obviously we're going to do that talk, that part that you just figured that out with me. But, um, I know you, you have like account, there's accountability groups with other women and you are very hands-on. So what does somebody get with working with you personally as their coach once <clears throat> you figured out what program is best? Um, I do one-on-ones if you want that. Like we can sit down and we can chit chat, you know, I mean, I'm not a licensed therapist, but I'll listen to you if you need yeah. somebody to, you know, sure. I, I give you like life advice. Cause I don't believe that I'm qualified to do that, but I'll listen to you and we can chit chat. Um, I put you in an accountability group and that's, I come on there daily and give my little toot toot for the day. Yeah. Um, and there's ladies in there and it's, you know, Hey, I did my workout. Hey, I did my workout. This is what I'm eating. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you get a little bit of everything, you get some mm -hmm. recipes times. Um, and it's just really a community of women that are cheering each other on because sometimes that's what you need. You know, it's like, you, yes, you're doing it home in your, your home 95% of the time alone, yeah. but you do have to be alone. That's why we create these groups. So you can see other women. Like I said, I normally work with women, yeah. um, you know, seeing them do it. It gives you a, it gives you that like, Oh, I can do it too. Mm -hmm gives you that sense of community and I'm not alone, even though I'm alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, connection is really important. And I think, I think these types of things are really important because contrary to what our social media and our politicking will tell us, we are far more connected and far more similar and have way more in common than we do. That's divisive. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love it when these types of programs exist or, you know, uh, like women coaching programs or, you know, little friend retreats or whatever, like connection is big. And I think in such a technology driven world, there is some elements of disconnection that we have from like heart to heart. Like mm -hmm. how many people don't want to answer their phone? They're like, I'd rather you send a text. Huh? I know. Ah. You don't want person to person interaction anymore. Like that's so bizarre to me. I, I just, I mean, there's a time and a place for texting, but overall, like I want to still be able to connect. I want to hear your voice. And nowadays I'm like, I'm even more annoying. I'm like, let's FaceTime. <laughs> Especially if I don't live by somebody, you know, like yeah. I want to connect with you and I can see your face now. Why wouldn't I want to do that? So I, I think it's great. And I love that you do the hands-on. Um, this is your only job, correct? This is just yes. what you do full-time. Yeah. So 
she, you know, Amanda makes herself available. And I think that that's cool because sometimes people need more accountability than not. You know, you might have the drive, you might have the discipline, but you don't know how to hold yourself accountable all the time. And I think, especially when you start new things, you have a lot of motivation. Yes. But most not discipline very quickly. And you have to learn how to be disciplined. Yes. And sometimes discipline is hard for people. So having accountability creates discipline because once you have a group of women that are saying, Hey, I did this. You're like, well, shit, I better do it too. Like, I don't want to be the only yeah. one sitting right. that didn't their workout today. Yeah. And I mean, and even the workouts, like there's, there's programs that work four days a week. Like mm-hmm. it's not crazy. You don't have to go. Like I, I work out every single day, mm-hmm. uh, but, but I you do. Build, you build up to that. Yeah. And you yeah. don't have to stay it four times a week or, right. you know, one of our, our favorite programs, job one is 20 minutes, five times a week. Yeah. That's, and you get results from it. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's important too, is people, you know, you can't go into something with all or nothing. Like I'm one of those people that is not disciplined. If it's not something I'm passionate about, should I be passionate about working out in my health? Absolutely. Am I, I, my health? Yes. Am I passionate all the time about working out? No, but I love it. If I have people that can go to the gym with me and it's not because it makes me go, it's just because I love to go with somebody else more you know? And so, so you just have to know your own strengths and limitations and there's nothing wrong. Don't judge it. Don't put it Don't You know, I think you and I talked the first time and I, I shared that I share this with anyone and everybody, like we all have that little nasty voice in our head. And I tell people to name that voice minus the bitch. And when she wants to come out, it's never positive, which is why I say, name it something you can't stand. So for me this year, me at the heaviest I've ever been, um, this has been the first year in my, of my life that I've walked past a mirror and, and, and had yucky thoughts about my body mm. and it's tough. And then what I hear in my naturopath's head is her saying, I don't know how you're alive, but your body knows how to keep you alive because my cortisol, when it was tested was four times the highest amount. And then I have higher estrogen and I have a little bit of higher testosterone and my adrenal function is all screwed off, which is what's where my cortisol issue is coming from. It can come from your thyroid. I believe your pituitary as well. And she just looked at me and she said, I don't know how you're alive. Those are scary words to hear. And it's not because of anything but damn stress. Are you kidding me right now? Like that's a real eye opener. So I know this. And so this is when I say, this is what happens. And the mirror thing is very powerful. I walk past the mirror. I want to say shitty things to myself. And then I stop. And I say, I have to reframe the thought. I look myself in the mirror. I put my hands on my stomach and I say, thank you body for keeping me alive. That's how I have to reframe it. It's not always easy. And, and like I said, I've never been insecure about my body. I've never defined myself by my body and I don't care if anyone else does that's, that's their problem. But this is the first year I've ever, ever struggled with it. And so I don't always have that discipline there's this part of me that I'm like terrified to get my heart rate up too high. Cause I'm like, is it going to kill me off? Like what's going on? So I've really had to learn to do like low, like I can do weights, but I just have to go slower with the sets so that it doesn't jack up the, you know what I mean? Like everybody, yeah. everybody has something different, but, but when, when you're trying to start a new program, you can't just be like, Oh, I never work out to, I'm going to work out seven days a week. Make your, make your goals attainable. And that's where a coach can come in handy and helpful and, and having people 
that are helpful, you know, and I just, discipline is never always there. Discipline is a choice. Discipline. I don't think you just innately are disciplined. No, I think the root of that word. I don't, I don't want to get up every day and work out. I, most days I would love to show face full of pizza and chocolate, (laughs) but but I want to be healthy and being able around with my kids is important because I struggle with, I have, um, a form of arthritis that is essentially fuses my bones together. Oh, you got uh, the spondylitis, ankylosis, whatever that is. Yeah. Spondylitis or ankylosing spondylitis. Yeah. There we go. I'm like, <laughs> gosh. So one of my goals is to be able to continue moving. My doctors don't know how I'm still walking. They mm-hmm. thought by the time I was 30, I was going to be in a wheelchair. Yeah. Uh, uh, but if you didn't know, creating muscle helps your bones. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so, you know, I have a different reason to be disciplined, but yeah, um, it, it really does come down to, to a choice you know, it's like, are you going to choose health or are you going to not choose health? Yeah. And it's, health- it's not expensive to, uh, it, it's not expensive. It's not cheap to not choose health. And I think no. that coming back to what's the discipline, like, that's a huge piece that I would encourage people to sit down and say, what are these changes that I need to make, whether it's fitness and health or not? And what is your motivation? What is going to keep you disciplined to do that? And health, I think, you know, like, have you heard this quote? I just recently started seeing this a lot this year. And I was like, wow, that's pretty powerful. And it said, so many parents are willing to die for their children, but are you willing to live for your Mm -hmm. children? Yeah. And, And that, and it was based around health. Like there's people that smoke, and drink and they might do drugs and they eat unhealthy and they put unhealthy food in their kids' mouths. And this is not a judgment because I realize health, healthy food is not even cheap. And so that's, there's so many, there's so many aspects. This is not ever, I'm never speaking from a shameful place. Um, but finding those reasons that hit your heart, whether it's for you or whether it's for other kids. I mean, how many people have not actually unalived themselves because of their children. So sometimes that's what it takes. And even if you can't find it within yourself for that to be the reason for your discipline yet, because I do believe that comes at some point, what is that reason? Mm -hmm. Why do you want to be healthy? Well, yeah. And like you were saying, that's almost like when you're goal setting, I put an emotional piece into it. What, like, what, what feeling do I want out of this? Yeah. You know, oh, you know, what's it? My goal is I'm doing a, a, a program called 75 hard right now. It's not with beach, but something different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people think it's a fitness thing, but it's really about training your mind to be disciplined and, yeah. and, you know, not having bullshit excuses, but it's like, so this yeah. is my goal. What do I want to feel from it? I want to feel accomplished. Mm-hmm. I want to, um, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I want to see that I can, you know, do this for 75 days. Committing to something for 75 days straight is insane. That's a big commitment, a big commitment. You know, I mean, and I think for sometimes it's easier for somebody to have a baby than it is to to commit to themselves for 75 days. If we're being honest here, you know, it's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because the physical part really isn't the problem. It's the mental. Mm Mm-hmm. It Absolutely. really is the mental. And, and so that's what, I mean, I, I 
find your community, find your people, whoever, you know, whoever's listening to this, find your why. I mean, if you need some good books to read, Simon Sinek is great. I love him on every level, but he actually has books about find your why, what's your why, um, you know, and yes, it can be related to business, but also just in life in general. Um, because I think that's the thing. We have this beautiful gift of life and then life lifes us and we get lost along the way, whether that's mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, you name it. Yeah. Grief hits us, you know, trauma hits us. And you kind of made me think of something, but you know, like when I'm, when I'm coaching somebody, a lot of times, you know, their, their why starts with, you know, like for me, something vain Mm -hmm. and then for my, my kids, but ultimately I, I want to help you find your reason to be yourself. Yeah. Because, you know, I want it for you. And that it, it it took me a long time to get to the point where this was for me, Mm -hmm. but that's my goal is essentially you wanting to be your best version for you and not for anybody else, but you waking up for yourself, doing these things for yourself, loving yourself. Mm -hmm. That's a great segue into my closing question here. (laughs) Um, What anchors your heart, mind, and spirit? Absolutely. 100%. My kids. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. My kids, each one of them, you know, gave me a gift and teach me things every day. Mm -hmm. My oldest, gave me my life quite literally. If I wouldn't have had him, I would not be here. My daughter taught me that it was okay to love again. Mm -hmm. My third little boy has taught me, um, that everything comes at its own pace Mm -hmm. and that is okay. I don't have to have the same journey as you. I don't have to be the quickest. I don't have to be the slowest. I do it at my rate. Mm-hmm. And my youngest has taught me how to be the sweetest little thing ever. She is just, she's the kindest, most genuine person you'll ever meet in your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, when I feel like I'm up in the clouds, they ground me when I'm too much on the ground and I need to be up in the clouds. That's what they do for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you just put it back out in the world. Yep. Where can people find you? What's your Instagram handle? Hippie fit mama. <laughs> Hippie fit mama. I know. I love it. And I'll put it in the show notes as well. When the, when the show goes live, yes, follow her. She's absolutely fun. She brings a whole lot of sass to it. Just a genuine heart. You can't go wrong there. (laughs) Thank you so much for, Oh, I I love that she's in Washington state. I didn't even know that when we connected, it was kind of funny when we talked the first time I was like, wait, you're in Washington. What? (laughs) I never meet people in Washington. I swear. Yeah. So you're not that far away from me. I mean, a, a drive, a little bit of a drive, but yeah, I mean, it was so bizarre because I never meet people in Washington state. I have never. I feel like most people I meet are like on the East coast. I meet a lot of people, believe it or not, from Canada. Really? Is, but a lot of the okay. people I've Canada, I'm like, all right, well, we'll bring it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, technology opens up a whole world. Like you would just never know. I mean, TikTok itself has, brought so many amazing, fantastic people into my life that wouldn't have been brought into it otherwise. Mm. So it's what you make. Oh, you might... I, well, maybe I'll have to make a TikTok. Do it. Do it. Do put your sassy self right out there. I mean, it's such a great platform to just get bigger, fun exposure. It's going to come with its own shit show at times, but it's what it is with any social media. It's just what you make out of it. 
Well, thank you for spending some time with me today. I adore you. I love following you. It's so much fun. And I'm glad that we could connect and definitely go find uh, Amanda if you're looking for, for a little something, something in your life. She's got lots to offer. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for having me. Yes, really of course. Yes. Well, thank you. And I will see you obviously around Instagram and hopefully on TikTok soon. <laughs> All right. Thank I'll let you. you. <laughs> yes, yes, you better because I want to be your first follower. <laughs> uh, have a beautiful day. What do you how do how do you always uh, start every one of your videos? Say it. <laughs> Whatever day it is. So what's today? Saturday. So it'd be <laughs> well. Hello there, beautiful people. Happy fucking Saturday. I hope y'all are having a wonderful fucking day. Yes, and we will end with that. Have a wonderful fucking day, Amanda. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you.